Thank you for tuning into Acts 18.9 podcast. In Acts 18.9 through 10, Jesus said, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee. And no man shall set on thee to harm thee, for I have much people in this city. I am not personally afraid to speak of God's goodness, and neither should you. That's the name of this podcast. Why do some people choose to speak proudly of their relationship with God and others do not? Well, as the late singer George Michael's song, you got to have faith. Some people exercise it, whereas others don't know enough about God to exercise their faith in him. God's spirit is all around us, and so is his message of love, grace, mercy, and hope. But unless people know that, how can they truly know God? In Matthew thirteen twenty three, Jesus said, Anyone who hears his word and understands it will also bear fruit 30, 60, or a hundredfold. The purpose of this podcast is to spread that message one episode at a time. My name is Alan Thomas, the host of Acts 18.9 and the author of The Vessel. You are more than you think. All it takes is faith. Let's start bearing fruit. The title of this episode is, Are Good Deeds Alone Enough to Enter the Kingdom of God? The answer, quite simply, is no. And is supported by Scripture. In Colossians 3.17, it is written, Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus given thanks to God and the Father by Him. Some people believe that no good deed goes unpunished. It is my belief that those who think that don't have faith in God nor in His power to get them through their challenging times. In Matthew 5.16, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The wicked will never rest nor cease trying to discourage those seeking God's truth from hearing it and from experiencing it. In Matthew 7, 7 7-8, Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. 
and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Those whose faith do not waver in the midst of adversity are strengthened by the knowledge that God is and will be their shield of armor against the wicked and their bed of comfort after their storms have passed. All those who seek God's truth have to do to hear it or to experience it is to rise up each time that the wicked bumps them off of their path to God or their path of righteous living. The song by Audre Day surmises the courage and tenacity of those who love God and seek to abide by his word. And most importantly, it encapsulates the power it takes for those who want to speak God's truth and does so. The words in part from the song Rise Up is as follow. And I rise up, I rise like the day. I rise up, I rise unafraid. I rise up and I'll do it a thousand times again. And I'll rise up high like the waves. I rise up in spite of the ache. I rise up and I'll do it a thousand times again. It is my belief that you are only defeated if you believe that you are. And the evidence of that fact is exhibited each time that you put your head down. When you feel low as opposed to lifting your head up towards heaven to God. For the strength to rise up in spite of the aches and to rise up a thousand times again each time that you feel defeated. Despite the challenges that you are going through or that has beseeched you, good deeds are not the cause of your adversities. In fact, it may be your lack of faith or misunderstanding of God's word and of his grace. God's grace has no limit but it is and can be limited by your lack of faith in him. The act of believing in that which can't be seen is the very essence of faith. In James 2.26, it is written, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. The scripture speaks of Abraham's total devotion to God's truth and tells us of Abraham's undeniable faith and trust in God. God asks Abraham to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice to him. Although Abraham didn't quite understand the purpose for God asking him that, Abraham presented Isaac before God as he had requested. But prior to that event, 
Abraham questioned God and asked him if he was a just and righteous God. In essence, Abraham was questioning God's grace. In Genesis 18:24 through 26, it is written, Preadventure, there be fifty righteous within the city. Will Dot also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner? To slay the righteous with the wicked? And that the righteous shall be as the wicked? That be far from thee. Should not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Now, as you have heard me say in prior episodes of this podcast, God is a righteous and a just God, but he is also a God who doesn't like to have his authority or power questioned, and certainly not his grace and mercy. In Matthew 4, 7, Jesus said unto him, speaking to the devil, it is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It can be construed that Abraham tempted or dared God to show him that he was a just and righteous God. Thus, God's request of Abraham to demonstrate his faith and trust in him. You see, faith without works is meaningless to God. It is our actions and furtherance of our faith that demonstrates our devotion to God and to his truth, which is his word. Just as Abraham was moving to sacrifice his son, God stopped him. And because of Abraham's faith in God and his obedience to God, it is written in Genesis 22:17 through 18 that the angel of God said to Abraham that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice that seed is jesus and by that seed we are all blessed by god the father with eternal life if we choose to believe in him and in his son, Jesus Christ. 
at times God will ask you to show him that you have total faith in him by placing in your heart something that he wants you to do that will glorify him. Think about this. How many times has someone approached you and requested your assistance? And not in a threatening way, but in a manner that signaled to you that they may be in distress for food, money, or just an ear. What did you do at that moment? Did you walk away? Did you ask that person to remove themselves from your very presence? Did you stop to listen and truly hear what they were saying? Those are just a few examples of opportunities that God may have placed before you to do his will or to prove to him that you have a good heart. In other words, that you are a righteous person. Remember, when you ignore God's request, you are not only being disobedient to God, but you are also frustrating his work. Please note that God's will will be done. It's a matter of whether you or someone else will be the recipient of his blessing for doing his will. God will test your faith from time to time by putting opportunities like those I mentioned earlier before you. God, being a just and merciful God, will judge you righteously and according to your works. Ask yourself, if I refuse to buy someone a meal or take a few minutes of my day to say a kind word to someone who needs to hear it, how can I expect God to send someone to aid me in my time of need? In James 2.21-22, it is written, Was not Abraham our father justified by works? when he had offered Isaac his son unto the altar. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by his works was faith made perfect? And in James 2.24, it is written, Ye see then how that thou works a man is justified, and not by faith alone. You may be wondering, what is faith? Well, in Hebrews 11, 1, 3, and 6, it is written, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is 
a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you don't believe that God created all that you see before it came to be, then how can you say that you have faith in God and believe that his word is true? Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Praying to God is an act of faith. When you pray to God, you are hoping that God will answer your prayer and believing that he will. It takes faith to believe in what you can't see or have not seen come to pass. But if you do, you are halfway to achieving eternal life in heaven and entrance into the kingdom of God. God doesn't require us to have a sizable amount of faith in him, only that we have it and that we never waver from it. In fact, faith the size of a mustard seed is more than sufficient to demonstrate our faith in him. In Luke 17, 6, it is written, And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamore tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. You see, God doesn't require much of us, only that we believe that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. There is no in-between with God and certainly no gray areas. You may be asking yourself whether we still have to abide by God's laws as written in the Old Testament of the Bible. And if having faith in God, believing in his son, and performing good deeds are all that is required to enter the kingdom of God. Because the New Testament tells us that Jesus' death and his resurrection cleanse mankind of their sins. Well, in Romans 6.22, it is written, But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. From that reading, it appears that God's word, as was taught before the birth of Jesus Christ, and as is transcribed in the Old Testament in the Bible, that God's word as written in the Old Testament is not applicable today. More evidence of that hypothesis is found in Galatians 3, 21-26, where it is written, Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily 
righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture have concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up until the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for we are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. You see, people were made right by God when they followed the law of Moses as given to Moses by God. In fact, in Romans 15.4, it is written, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. But now, followers and believers of God are made righteous by him because we are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Rest assured that the law of Moses is not dead, but very much alive and applicable to us today. What Jesus taught and what his disciples continued to preach after his death is very similar to, if not the same, teaching as is written in the law of Moses. In fact, in Luke sixteen seventeen, Jesus said, And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. Those who have faith in God and in his Son should continue to abide by the law of Moses because it was written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of it, might have hope. Although we are not made right by God adhering to the law of Moses, we will be judged by God based upon our actions, good or bad. And since the scripture tells us that the law was written for our learning prior to the birth of Jesus Christ, we should incorporate them into our daily lives, especially when it was also preached by Jesus and his disciples. The reward for having faith in Jesus and doing good deeds is eternal salvation. Faith in Jesus Christ means life, but not believing in Jesus is death. As I said earlier, faith without works is dead. You can build 100 churches and feed millions of people, but if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then you are glorifying yourself 
as opposed to glorifying God. Remember, we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth, which is God's word. When we walk with God, we are the living embodiment of his word and of his mercy. And it is through us that others come to know him and his son, Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it is written, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Thank God that faith is not obtained by works, because if it was, as the scripture states, we would spend most of our time boasting about what we have done, as opposed to glorifying God with our works. God has shown us through his Son, Jesus Christ, what he wants us to do in his name and have given some of us spiritual gifts to accomplish his will. Doing what God has laid on our hearts will show him our true colors and in turn will exhibit our undying love of him to others, which may encourage them to seek God and to follow him too. I leave you with a verse from a song sung by Cindy Lauper entitled True Colors. And I see your true colors shining through. I see your true colors and that's why I love you. So don't be afraid to let them show. Just show your true colors. True colors are beautiful, like a rainbow. Show God your true colors and let them shine through your good works and by your love and faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Because when you do, you glorify God the Father and acknowledge his grace and his mercy. Tune into the next episode where I will be discussing the Holy Spirit. Thank you for tuning into Acts 18.9 podcast. I am forever grateful that you chose to spend your precious time listening to me. Please share what you may have gotten from this podcast and this episode with others who you believe may also benefit from listening to it. If you would like to hear more episodes, please subscribe to Acts 18.9 Podcast and let others know about it via your social media platforms. Your support is greatly appreciated, so please support this podcast in any form that is convenient for you. In addition to social media, there's prayer, which is always appreciated. Then there's the donate button. 
for those who wish to sustain this podcast. And please don't forget to rate this podcast to let others know your thoughts about it. Go forth and prosper so that God can be glorified through your good works. Amen. Thank you.